having a great time on the south side. I cannot lie. When Popo drives by and they wave back at you, it feels hey. good, Mike. We got people. <laughs> we got people on the south side. Thanks to all of our mm. officers who stopped by and just wanting to say hello, man. It's cool. Uh, all walks of life love this show, and we love you guys. We're down here at Ace Hardware, man. Southside Old National Highway is where we're broadcasting from this afternoon. Um, we wanted to head to the Combine, and one of my old friends, Brandon Cristal, is there. He's been covering the Combine all week. He works for KOA in Denver. And I said to him, you know, I know you're on top of all of these stories. He's like, of course I am. And I said, then we've <clears> got to talk. He joins us right now on the WadeForward.com hotline. And, Brandon, it's good to have you back on the show, man. I, I think, obviously, from two days ago when the stuff happened with Jalen Carter to where we are now – it, you know, those, that story, it's not that it's gone away, but it's calmed down a little bit, and now we're focusing guys on the field. I just want you to set the scene, what's going on, what's it look like in Indianapolis as we get ready for these guys to work out this weekend. Well, I'll be honest, and always great to talk to you, Carl and Mike. I mean, I would have thought you would have been here with, as my friend Zach Klein, who you all, of course, know really well, is here, <laughs> because 42 prospects either – played at Georgia or are from the Atlanta area. And so, I mean, they might as well call it the Georgia Boys Combine with 300 kids right. here and 40-plus with ties, obviously, to, to Atlanta and, and the state of Georgia. So I thought you all would have been here. But you're, you're right. Obviously, the, the Jalen Carter thing was weird. The NFL kind of hung him out to dry a little bit when you find out that – and maybe Drew Rosenhaus should have been on top of it – that they sent him – or that he went back to Georgia to turn himself in and obviously pay that bond and then, and then head right back here. Because people were standing around his podium on, I guess that was Wednesday, waiting for him, like, oh, I'm not sure he's going to be here in 10 minutes. And the story drops about the, the warrant for his arrest. And it's like, oh, I don't know if he'll be here in eight minutes. And this, the NFL could have said, oh, he has already left. Or, or I, look, it's not like Drew Rosenhaus is the most private agent. He easily could have put something out through one of their, you know, either their PR person with his agency. So I think that was unfortunate. But then I think it was good of him to get right back here, especially, look, the whole incident's obviously terrible. But if nothing else is added criminally, and it's just a couple of misdemeanors, I'm not trying to minimize right. the impact of all of it and what it's going to mean to him, but I think teams will be able to get past it, especially teams that think they have good support systems in place to help him deal and process with, his, with the loss of, the, the, obviously, the close friends and whatever his role is, limited or otherwise. So where some people thought that he might come off teams' draft boards, the Raiders are an interesting one because if he were to slip to seven, he'd be a perfect he'd be a perfect fit anywhere. They need lots of defensive help, but I think teams when they finally get to meet with them, especially if Drew or people close to him coach him up and say, "Just be honest. Tell them what happened. Tell them how nervous you were, and that's why you left the scene, and that's why you can't you know, and all of it. You were a scared kid on a crazy night, and a crazy thing happened. We all have made mistakes, and I think if he can own that." he'll still end up being drafted very high because his talent certainly warrants that. And aside from his teammates had to answer questions about him, which nobody wants to do, but moving forward to speaking of Georgia Bulldogs, Brandon, how about Nolan Smith, who now some people say he is now rocketed all the way up into the top 10. Yeah, he was injured at times. No one debates his leadership role on Georgia. So where's Nolan Smith now? His stock's got to be through the moon. It, it, it absolutely is. And, and I actually was just on with uh, our pal Doug Gottlieb on Fox Sports Radio a few minutes ago, and he said whose stock has moved up the most. I said, absolutely. Or he said, who's, who, who's just risen the fastest? I go, Nolan Smith, because he ran the fastest. And I get the DBs are, are putting up faster times now. But for a guy at that size, and look, the prototype has changed a little bit. He's basically a really big safety 
running <laughs> running off the edge. But in today's game, and I talked to a defensive coordinator, uh, an active NFL defense coordinator today this afternoon about Nolan Smith. You know, they were sitting around having lunch and a couple coaches, and like, look, that's the prototype now for the guys on the edge that Will Anderson may have a hard time getting off a block and getting all the way to the sideline, especially with how much the RPO game has permeated the NFL now, that you need guys like Nolan Smith with that kind of athleticism that can shed the block and still be able to catch the ball carrier out on the edge. And so, yeah, absolutely, his, his stock has completely skyrocketed, and there's no reason to think. He was also really impressive on the podium, and I'm sure certainly Bulldogs fans know that, and you guys, I'm sure, have played plenty of sound from him over the years. But on a national stage where you don't always know, even though they've won back-to-back titles, you don't know these guys, I think it's, it's cool to see when the kid has a good podium session and then goes out and, and lights, lights it up on the field with the on-field performance, especially because the events themselves – in a way, are kind of silly. This doesn't mean you're a good football player, but when you're a good football player and you jump high and run fast and you're, you're fun to listen to on the podium, it, it all kind of comes together and, and good for him. I like how you name drop right there. I was just speaking with <laughs> Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> I love that, Brandon. It's Brandon Cristal. My Watch man. your wallet. I know he does. Uh, <laughs> my man up in, in uh, Indianapolis. Let's talk about the, the vibe with the quarterbacks. What's being said? We heard Stetson Bennett, Georgia quarterback, speak at the podium. Mike and I were analyzing his whole, you know, thing in Dallas and getting arrested. It felt like an unprepared statement. But with that said, what's being said about Bryce? What's being said about C.J. Stroud? Because we're going to get a chance to see these quarterbacks this weekend at the Combine. Yeah, and as you guys know, although we won't see, we won't see Bryce Young doesn't want to throw, I wonder if he'll get peer pressured into throwing because everybody else appears to be throwing. Anthony Richardson is going to throw. C.J. is going to throw. And Will Levis is going to throw. And so uh, I think that Bryce, maybe if you're, it doesn't matter. Joe Burrow didn't throw. Turns out he's been pretty good so far in the pros, just like he was just last year in college. But we know that uh, any draft is just sexier when there are quarterbacks to talk about. We also can name all the good quarterbacks in the history of the game and all the good quarterbacks right now, right? And, and so I think that all these guys could be good. There's no way mathematically that they're all going to be good. It just, it just doesn't work like that, right? So Bryce Young is the clear-cut number one, and I don't think that's going to change. But guys like Anthony Richardson are very intriguing. You've, I've heard some people say he has no ceiling. That seems like a crazy thing to say about anyone really not named Patrick Mahomes, honestly, in the world right now. But when you look at all them, and then I throw Hendon Hooker in. Obviously, he's not going to work out. He, he said today, he's a really dynamic kid and, and uh, guy that's easy to root for. He said today that he thinks he'll be ready to go by the start of training camp. That feels ambitious, but maybe, right? We'll, we'll see, certainly, participate limited in some sort, of, some sort of aspect of a camp. But all these quarterbacks have an upside. Anderson, or I'm sorry, uh, Richardson and, and Levis are the most, I think their high-end potential is the most exciting. Bryce Young, at that size, I'm just nervous, right? Big, uh, Baker Mayfield's six foot and... Obviously not that dynamic, but when you look at guys like Kyler Murray banged up this year, Russell Wilson's built like a, a running back who happens to play quarterback, right? And and then you look at, at somebody as slight as Bryce Young who says he's going to play at 200 pounds. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just worried that his body won't allow him to play long enough to do, to play the way he plays. But he's smart. He's engaging. He's really good on the whiteboard, apparently, good in meetings. So it's, it's going to be fun to see where these quarterbacks shake out and how high – someone wants to take Anthony Richardson. 
It is uh, Brandon Cristal with us, guys, on the WaitForIt.com hotline from a KOA in Denver. He's our NFL insider live up there in Indy at the Combine. So based on what you're talking about with the quarterbacks, how many do you think would go before we selected eight? Because there's going to be some defensive studs we could potentially get without even having to move yeah. up. Yeah, and, uh, unless you've already traded that pick for Lamar Jackson, which is certainly <laughs> easy, easy, easy. about. Easy. Hey, I, about I, here. Of course it is. I know. Everybody's talking about it, right? Guaranteed contract? Come on. Yeah, guaranteed contract, $250 million. He, he scares me, too, not because he's not the most unique quarterback we've seen this side of Michael Vick, right, in, in so many ways. It's just that he gets, he's gotten banged up a little bit last year and more so this year. How, how banged up was he? Was he able to play? And did he just make a business decision not to and kind of hold the Ravens hostage? just makes its own kind of concern when you know what the expectation is for a franchise quarterback. But to, to answer your question about how many will go, I – it's really up to, I think, Anthony Richardson and maybe even Will Levis. So I guess the answer is you could have potentially four because all it takes is a, a team or two to fall in love with these guys. I think Bryce Young's going to go one. I think someone is going to fall in love with him enough to trade with the Bears. Is that the Texans and just jump in a spot? Is that the Colts leapfrogging from three to one? The Colts were so spoiled here in Indy to have Peyton for so long and then Andrew Luck for as long as they did before he decided to just walk away that – given the chance to jump up to one again and reset their salary cap in terms of how they handle the quarterback position when they've just gone veteran to veteran to veteran these last few years and have a guy to, to get Colts fans excited about. I think one way or another, Bryce Young is going to go one. But C.J. Stroud, we saw what he did, and you know there's plenty of people, and I don't have a dog in the fight, no pun intended. I have some neighbors that are Ohio State fans out in Denver. I thought he, he played well enough that I thought Ohio State should have won just based on how well he played in that national semifinal does he go as high as two or three even though a guy like Jalen Carter on paper is the number one prospect right and guys like Nolan Smith are jumping up there so you're right depending on what the Falcons decide to do at quarterback whether it involves Lamar Jackson or not but if they have a plan that isn't one of those QBs they could absolutely get a stud if they stick at eight but if they love one of the quarterbacks then you want to see them move up you don't want them to wait at eight and hope for any of the guys. You want them to go to two or three and say, no, we love C.J. Stroud. We are trading up to go get him. We love Will Levis. We're trading up with the Seahawks at five to go get him. So, you know, I answered that two different ways. But there are absolutely going to be really good players available at eight. And the question is, is it going to be one of those top quarterbacks? I won't be surprised if they're all gone before eight. Brandon Cristal at the Combine. B, I got to ask you about what's going on in your neck of the woods. Sean Payton takes the job in Denver. A lot of people feel like, and, and, and you know, you cover that organization, that Russell Wilson had a lot of stuff going on and was kind of, you know, um, not including his teammates, let's say. I don't want to, you know, blame him completely, <laughs> but not including his teammates in some of the things that were going on. How, what, what was the going on? What was the deal, Brandon? Mm. And what is Sean Payton saying about how he's going to handle Russ? So Sean isn't saying a lot about how he's going to handle Russ, to be honest. And, in fact, when he's asked about Russ, he doesn't talk about him a lot. You know, I asked him at the Super Bowl because there was that picture where he and Russ and Joe Montana were at dinner, and I saw him the next day. I said, hey, how do you harness Russ's enthusiasm? And he mentioned that Drew Brees was asking him, one, to take the job, but if he takes the job to get Russ a bunch of the info or let Drew know what he can tell Russ so Russ will stop bothering him. Um, and, you know, their neighbors out in, in Del Mar or in San Diego in the offseason. But Sean said there's a time for everything right now. I'm trying to fill my staff out. And, and at dinner last night, we might have talked more football, but I wanted to ask Joe Montana questions. Then here at the Combine, he, it's not that he didn't talk about Russ. He was asked about all the extra stuff with Russ having an office and his own 
physical therapist and his own nutritionist and his own quarterbacks coach in the building and all of that. And he said, look, if they would have won, I would not be here and y'all wouldn't be talking about it. But they didn't, so everything gets looked at. That concept, which he had said, he's like, was, is foreign to me, having all the extra people that are non-staffers. Having his own office, do they let him keep it? Maybe. But do they want him in the quarterback's room with the new quarterback's coach, Davis Webb, who's walking right off the football field where he was Daniel Jones' backup and started the last game of the year? I think Sean's going to want him down there a bunch or in Sean's office plenty that he doesn't need to be in his office. But the extra staffers won't be there. We knew all this stuff was coming. We knew the Broncos were going to – allow Russ to have more stuff. Look, he's got a superstar wife. She's got 33 million Instagram followers. So she can get her own parking spot at training camp and go in the media entrance instead of the other family entrance because they don't want to make her uncomfortable where she's taking a picture with every single player's friend and family member and neighbor and everybody. That's not fair to her. So I, I don't think anybody cared about that. As it was pointed out, Russ didn't have his own parking spot. He just showed up before everybody. He was the first guy in every morning. Right, and he beat the trainers, and he beat the coaches in. So we knew all that was coming, but we thought we were going to get a, a quarterback in Denver that had gone to the playoffs eight times and had been to nine Pro Bowls, been to a couple Super Bowls. He certainly was not that, and some of that was maybe him trying to be somebody he's not, Nathaniel Hackett trying to help Russ be somebody he's not and not sticking to his guns and running the ball more and putting him under center and play action and getting him out on the edge. So Sean Payton is going to simplify it, and they simplify it for him at the end of the year. Jerry Rossberg kicked those people out of the building and simplified the offense and put them back under center and had them operate on the edge and ran the heck out of the ball, and they're going to continue to do that. Hopefully Javante Williams is healthy, but they're going to figure out a way to, to, to force-feed the run, and then they're going to throw the ball out of the backfield to the running backs like they did so much with guys like Alvin Kamara in, in, in the end of Sean's tenure there in New Orleans. And I think Russ is going to be – the Russ that we've seen, and he's 20 pounds lighter, he's going to need to run more. Doesn't, doesn't mean he's going to have the length of a career that he wants because he's just going to have to keep taking more hits. But he's the best at not getting hit out on the edge, too, because he is a baseball player and knows how to slide. He lost some of that this year. I think he put on a little too much weight, and I think that affected his running as well. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic. If it doesn't work, <laughs> Sean Payton's not going anywhere, right. and Russell Wilson's going to crush the Broncos cap next year, but he won't beat it. Again, I still think Beyonce is the new Yoko, Carl. Brandon Cristal, <laughs> appreciate you, bro, as always. Uh, how many times have you been to Elmo's? You should be treating me to Elmo's right now. Uh, uh, hey, I, I'd love to. Uh, I walked in there once, and I went to Harry and Izzy's, which is their sister restaurant, the Peyton Manning on 25%. Because I was thinking, you know what? Peyton's not doing so great. Let me help him out by putting money <laughs> in his pocket. So, uh, yeah. But you know what? This is my last night in India. I've been here since Monday. I think uh, shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's may be in my future here in, a, in about an hour and a half after I get done with all my responsibilities. My man, thank all you right. so much, Brandon. Appreciate you as always. Be safe, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Mike. Have a great weekend. You too, big guy. Jalen Carter kind of made some headlines, and now we're getting to focus on the athletes making the things that you want to see at the uh, at the uh, combine. Eye popping numbers and more coming from Georgia players today. We in South Fulton. Seriously, can it get like any more manly? That's right. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Meet my people. We're down here on the South Side. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, bro. Uh, lots of guys coming down here, chopping it up with us. We're at Ace Hardware. Old National Highway on the south side. And literally, another group of gentlemen just came in, and we were talking with those guys. Um, Mike, today's been a busy show. If you're just joining us, Tony Ressler came on. 
Hawks owner to talk with us at 3 o'clock. Uh, for those of you who missed it, we're going to replay that for you a little bit later on. We just talked with Brandon Cristal up at the Combine. He was talking about all the things and the buzz that are going on from the quarterback to the Georgia players. And speaking of the Georgia players, let's talk about another player that went to this Combine, mm. and we said, all right, how is he going to be, be viewed? Is he a safety or is he a corner? Well, Mike, I think he's a corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all that stuff about he can't swivel his hips, you know, the Mike Mayock stuff. Keely Ringo, guys, runs a 4 3 6 40 which is uh, obviously that's an elite time from a corner and a guy that's going to go now projected always in the first round, but now his stock continues to rise. And these guys can, don't forget, they can double down and do a better number at the Georgia Pro Day, of course, which is held over at Buttsmere. But Keely Ringo runs a 4.3640, and then the official time yesterday on Nolan Smith was a 4.39 on a guy with a little more size than Ringo. But you said going to break. Why do you think you win a national championship? You've got to have the athletes. And, and this is a machine that Kirby's got built right now at UGA. Yeah, these two guys, obviously, are big contributors to the first chip. Um, and I'm talking about Nolan Smith, mm. who ran yesterday, and then today, Keelan Ringo. And then you think about this year's team. The crazy thing, and we've said this to dog fans, and, and I was just talking to a gentleman who said, you know, he was talking about GG Day and right. how good the dogs are going to be this year. He's got concerns about the quarterback. It's fine. I get it. We don't know with this group who's going who's gonna to rise. But, Mike, what's crazy is this year's defense <laughs> was as good as the year before when they put all those guys in the NFL. They just didn't have the brand names. And now you're seeing mm -hmm. these guys show up, and they're like, damn, I didn't know he was that fast. I didn't know he was that strong. This is what George has been dealing with. So, Keeley balls out. You see Nolan Smith and speed kills. Guys, you can talk about all the technique you want. 4-3, you can make up a lot. All right? That's Deion Sanders. Mm. That's I'm beat, and then I'm not beat. So, I, I don't care who it is. All these teams see Keeley Ringo and his size. Right. And then they see him run like that. They go, okay, he might have just helped himself as well, Mike, when you talk about who's going to be the first corner to come off the books. Right. And you think about the uh, semifinal game against uh, Ohio State or the championship game. And now you got a guy named Bear. He'll be the next guy. So you got like a literally, you may have like one, two, three guys going in the first round, if not the first overall player. Now the Jalen Carter thing, it seems like, and I was, I was really thinking the media, and maybe there'll be some more articles written nationally. I thought the national media was going to really. Answer whatever questions need to be answered. I was like, do I have my own music? No, we're going <laughs> to. And, uh, and, oh, okay. Chris said that we had a technical difficulty for a second. But to, an to answer all the questions, and more importantly, to face it. Like, it, it, you're right. If he ducks that, to me, that's even right. more um, critical to the assessment of, hey, what's the makeup of this guy? And the other thing, we're talking to a bunch of listeners, and almost everybody here is a Falcon fan. A lot of guys wearing Falcons gear, ladies, too, coming down to see us. We're at Ace Hardware on Old National Highway. Yeah, I know you're enamored with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever your quarterback is. You know, you talk about Anthony Richardson. But the thing is, when you hear this numbers, these guys are putting up crazy numbers, Georgia players, anyone. Now I'm saying I really need Ritter to be the guy. I need Ritter to be that guy more so than we wanted last year. And it just makes me even more mad that we didn't get to him sooner. So we'd have a really good idea what he is. Yeah. Because I want these – you need Ritter to be a star, and now you could potentially have your next – 10-year guy, your superstar Pro Bowl defensive player. And to be honest, the Falcons don't have a lot of Pro Bowl career guys on this team and defense, not on the defensive no, side. No, and let me say this. And, and, you know, again, we've got that first-round pick. But oh, Fran's walking by one of our coworkers. I'm like, is, 
I'm like, where's this brother going? He's going to work out. <clears throat> yeah, there's an LA Fitness <laughs> right next to us. I'm like, wait a minute, he works at B103. I know, I know that guy. I'm like, where is he going? Uh, but if you if you use that eighth overall pick for either one of these Georgia players, right? And again, I don't know. I've said this to you guys. Corner is a concern as much for me as defensive line. Right. And if you were to tell me that we were going to go Keely Ringo and you're now pairing him with A.J. Terrell, I'm all good with that. Get up. Right. I'm all good with that. 404-741-0929. Chris, while we're talking about the dogs and, and the combine, uh, Steve Coonan's coming up here in just a little bit, guys. I want you to hear Stetson Bennett today. He did address being arrested in Dallas mm. January 15th when police responded to calls about a man pounding on a door early in the morning. This is his apology and what he said today at the combine. Um, yeah, it was uh... – you know, uh, a mistake that, um, you know, everybody's aware of, um, you know, I understand, uh, you know, why that can't happen. Um, you know, it was, uh, I've talked to coaches about it, talked to GMs, um, you know, apologized to my family. That's who I, you know, felt worse about, um, felt like I let them down, uh, because no matter where I go now, um, you know, and even without all this, uh, you know, I, I've got uh, an obligation on the fourth. Um, you know, can't do that if uh, your last name's Bennett, um, and I know better. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. I know a lot of Georgia fans go, "Man, you're dogging the dogs this week." Um, no, man, the Jalen Carter story was big, and just now Stetson <laughs> Bennett sounded like a nitwit. Stetson Bennett had uh, two months to put together a response, and you and I said this earlier. If this is what his agent told him to say, then you got to get another agent. It's simple. You know, look, Carl and I talk for a living. We bloviate Carl for a living. But I think most people would say, look, I know, man, it was terrible. I was embarrassed. I got, look, I got overserved and and I got to do better. But look, this isn't going to define me because I know the kind of player I can be and this is not what I'm about. I'm a man who led this team to two. That's all you have to say to sit there and go, oh, uh, yeah, you know, oh, uh, you know, oh. Uh, you know, it makes, you should have been prepared for this and not to sound Carl like he's, no, like maybe he thought going in there and doing it off the top of his head was the way to go. Not the way it sounded to me. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Coming up, Steve Coonan is going to join us. We'll talk to the Hawk CEO next. <laughs> joins us every week right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's Dukes and Bell. Um, Steve, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. I heard you had my boss on today. We yes, we did. did. Yes. Uh, did you get had, me a raise? We tried. He said uh, things are going well, though, in the front office. He did mention that. He did. And uh, he likes right. the synergy is the word he used. The synergy is uh, what's mm. going on with the front office. Um, you, you know, we commend him. I, I, I said this earlier. I, I appreciate Tony coming on. This show specifically, um, you know this. Uh, you come on with it. We're critical of all of our stars and all of our teams, and uh, we defend them like hell. So I wanted to hear what he had to say about a lot of the stuff, and he said a lot of good things today. We're going to replay that interview coming up later in the show. I want to ask you, now that things have settled a little bit, all right, how do you feel? Because now Quinn's here, and this is going to be a second game tonight, and it's, it felt like there was a lot going on here over the last week and a half. Yeah, there has been a lot going on, but, but I, I, I love our aggressiveness. I mean, I, I, I truly think that we took a unusual but huge step, not only bringing in 
probably the best available coach, but bringing him in so he could start impacting our system, our players, our evaluation, and our drive for the playoffs now. And that's not without risk. I mean, you know, we, we are taking the risk. Let's say that it doesn't all gel immediately. There's no, there's no, you know, history to look at or anything that shows how to, how to do this. So we're out there, and I think you want your team as a fan to be taking smart risks that could propel us. And I think we've done that. So I couldn't be happier. No, we talked about it with uh, with Tony Rasso, the fact that, you know, you're going to basically outbid and get the jump on the rest of the league because he would have been the, 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 the number one hot prospect for any team looking for a head coach. And, by the way, you guys also stepped up to the plate. I mean, that's that's not chump change you're paying the man. I don't know what you're talking about, but moving on. <laughs> anyway, talking about uh, Quinn Snyder and a, a nice deal. All right, moving forward, how much does he get to evaluate and also, it's a weird position to be in because you're coaching with another staff and you're trying to obviously evaluate what you've got. But, I mean, how much of this will impact what we're going to do in the offseason as Quinn Snyder sees what he has on this team? Well, I, I think we'll find that out. I don't think we, we know that yet. But what I, what I do like is that he gets to spend 25% of the regular season with our players. And that should inform – I think that's a big enough sample size to inform – you know, a coach's opinion. So when you take that coach's opinion along with our front office point of view, I think it's incredibly instructive of where we should be going and how we can continue to grow this franchise, which is the number one objective. Steve Coonan, our guest, guys, as we talk Hawks basketball tonight. Coverage starts at 7 pregame. And, of course, the tips at 7.30. Blazers in town um, as you guys progress over these last 20 games, Steve, is there – what are we trying to do? Like, what are we looking to do? Obviously, we want to win. That's a given. But I'm talking about, like, measurable things for the team. As a staff, have you guys talked about that, it, the direction before we get to the playoffs? Currently, we're in playoff position. Of, so, of course, we want to improve that. But I'm curious to know, like, what is the objectives as Coach Quinn takes over? Well, I, I think the first – objective is winning and getting the best situation we can to go into the playoffs. I think that goes, you know, that's pretty logical. I think the next thing is player evaluation and um, asset evaluation. What do we have? What do we need? Where are the gaps? And then um, starting to build the culture. You know, what what are we going to be? What do we want to what do we want to do? And so I think you're going to be able to see um, defense a lot of the time is effort. What kind of effort is going behind the defense? Who's willing to, you know, dive out of bounds for that ball? Who, who's willing to um, give up a good shot for a great shot? And, I, you know, and again, Quinn's so much more sophisticated in talking about this than I'll ever be. But I think it all about how do we continue to grow and prepare for the future because the goal is really, really simple and very difficult to achieve, but we want to be a championship contender every single year. Yeah, I liked what I heard from DeJounte Murray and John Collins last week. And i got to be honest, after the loss, and it was a frustrating loss because some of the bad habits kind of creeped in in the fourth quarter against the Wiz. Steve, I liked what I heard from Trey Young talking about taking ownership of it, responsibility, things everyone's got to do better, what he has to do better. And I think that's a big step in the right direction for the team as a whole. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, you know, accountability and understanding that we talked a couple of weeks ago, we, you know, 
This is a team sport. Not one player can can win a championship. You need great players to win, but it is a team sport. And the more you involve your teammates, the better teammate that you are, the more that people are all on the same page and connected and communicating. I mean, we saw that two years ago when Nate used the analogy of a fist that connects, you know, the five players' as fingers. Um, it's, you know, a little tortured, but um, I got a lot of Believe T-shirts out of it. Yeah, we did. That's true. We did. Steve Kuhn our guest. Can I ask you uh, a clarifying question? Yes, please. Am I a guest or am I a co-host? I mentally, I need to understand what my role is. Well, you're a feature act. Doing yeah, this. you're a feature. feature. Act. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. instead yes. of saying guest, do you mind saying feature or one of our, you know, not ready I mean, for primetime players or something? But it's a mouthful to say regular contributor Steve Coonan joins us. Well, hold on. Let me but you ask just did. Question. Let me ask you a question. Hold on. If we call Steve a feature, do we need to pay him? Yeah, that's no. the thing, Steve. We, we, like, we like the fact there's no remuneration or enumeration or however you pronounce no, it. No, I, I pay y'all to do it. Great. Right. Nice, nice. Hey, uh, what's going on with, with uh, the arena as far as games coming up? we got a lot of home games. Guys were asking yeah, us. Uh, yeah, and uh, what's happening at the arena? Because you guys always have something happening with the home games and entertainment uh, value. Yeah, we um, we have a tremendous amount. We've had the most concerts we've ever had in history. This year we'll have 65 concerts. We have Feed the Streets with our good friends 2 Chains and Gucci Mane and Rick Ross Sunday night. I think okay. there's still tickets available. Ricky Rose? And we've, I'm sorry? Ricky Rose? Ricky Rose right down the street yeah. here. Yeah. Let's right. go. I'm boss. Go. Huh. You know, That's right, boss. He was, in, he was in the Michelob seats a few weeks ago. Okay. Nice. So that's going to happen. That's going to happen Sunday. What else you got coming up? Well, we got a lot of Hawks games. We got an interesting week. We're actually taking a baseball schedule for the next week. We play in Miami two games twice, right. and then we go to DC and do the same thing. Which you know, it's pretty interesting. I, um, we'll see how it goes. What do you, you guys know, I mean, think uh, of that scheduling? Idle, idle hands are the devil's workshop, and having about 36 well, hours to kill in Miami gets me a little nervous. Well, he's talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the second game, the second game's a little scarier than the first. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, hold my pita colada. I gotta go shoot some hoops. Uh, it is our man Steve Kuna. By the way, sold out tonight against the Blazers. Sold out, but there are standing room only. There are about 400 standing room only seats um, still available, and people are coming down. And, you know, and we, we just get great reviews for the experience and the party, and hopefully. You know, I hate to talk about the other team. Dame Lillard is a little bit um, pretty, pretty exciting guy to watch. He is. No, I, I love Dame's game. He's exciting. We were saying that. You know, he, they are not necessarily in the playoff hunt in the West, but he's such a competitor, man, and, and he shows up every night. It's Steve Coonan. Uh, Steve, we were talking about Georgia players at the Combine. We know you're a Georgia guy. I just want to bring this up before we let you go. A lot of these guys are balling out. They're doing incredible things when it comes to the measurables and the metrics at the Combine. And, Mike, we're just having this conversation. Falcons need to draft more of these guys. we got to get some of these guys on our team. I don't think they're basketball players or you're talking to the wrong team. <laughs> However, Nolan Smith with a 40-something-inch yes. vertical, we might look at him as a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, all these guys have been incredible so far. We're going to see what everybody else does. Twelve dogs, by the way, at the Combine this week. 
Yeah, and Steve, we've talked about, you know, you knowing the public relations business coming up, you know, from the TV side to, you know, working with Coke, et cetera. I think, you know, is uh, barring any more information coming out that we don't already know about Jalen Carter, this too shall pass, but you think that maybe Kirby needs to maybe tighten things up or at least a little more accountability? Because I would imagine the local law enforcement is going to be kind of, you know, a little more uh, a little more on the spot and maybe a target on some of these players' backs moving forward. You know, it's a really tough question because if there's a fine line, Jalen had a literally left the program after the game and announced he was going pro. And so I think the first and foremost, it has to be personal responsibility. And we don't know if he's guilty or innocent, nor, well, should we opine on that? But I do think that um, it's a very fine line to trust your players, trust your um, teammates, and then, you know, make it punitive. I remember the Mark Richt era where, you know, we were one of the only teams that suspended for um, using weed. Right. And it was, um, it was used against us by other teams in recruiting. So I think there needs to be accountability, I think, both from the program and from the individual. And that's, you know, the way that we try to run our team. Steve, when can we sit in your seat and drink your drinks? Tonight, come sit in my lap. I have room. There you go. It's a little kinky, but okay. Steve Coonan, it's always a pleasure. Good luck tonight. We will talk to you next week. And uh, looking forward to seeing our Hawks do some work. All right. It is so good to be part of this show and not a guest. I'm glad we got that clarified. He's a feature. He's a feature act. He's a feature. An unpaid feature performer. Hey, man. Take care, we got guys. Some great Everybody t- have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Steve-O. And again, you'll hear the game with the Blazers right here on 989 The Game tonight. Real quick, the young lady who just left Ace Hardware. Now, we've had a ton of listeners. We've probably had about over 100 listeners show up today. She has no idea who we were. And she came through the sliding doors and we're speaking. She's like, she literally went like she did a like a double take and like walked backwards. I literally had to laugh out loud. It was pretty darn funny. Anyway, Carl, speaking of uh, Steve Kuna, we're going to hear from his boss for folks who missed it earlier. Yeah, uh, Tony Ressler stopped by. Listen, he answered a lot of questions. Did he answer them fully the way you might have wanted him to? I'll let you be the judge. But he did come on today and talk to Dukes and Bell. It's coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.